Hey, hey, here we go. This is Richard Blaine. And uh, I haven't uh, recorded for a little while, so I wanted to come back at you and talk about some stuff. I played a bunch of music today in church, which is my side gig. And I was struck by some of the lyrics. And so I thought today I would just discuss what some of these lyrics were. And then when I heard a little bit of the sermon, I realized they probably chose the songs to kind of go along with the message of the sermon. And that's what that's what song leaders do a lot. The pastor will tell them kind of what the topic is, and then they go out and find songs that kind of go along those same lines. So in this case, the sermon had to do with Paul. And it's basically a story from Acts 26. And he's talking to Agrippa, and also Festus. And these are a couple of, I don't know, I don't know if uh, they're kings. King Agrippa. He's got a title. It's a king. And Festus, I don't know what his title is. But, you know, Paul is in prison, basically. He's in chains. And Festus is like, uh, well, Paul is making his defense. Look, you know, I'm, I'm just... Just a guy talking about Jesus. That's all I'm doing. I'm not trying to make any trouble, except that I want everybody to know about Jesus, whether they want to hear about it or not. I'm going to talk to everybody, whether it's against the rules or not. I don't care because I'm just talking about Jesus. And so that's why I'm in chains. In chains and Oh, well, I mean, I wish that you all would be in chains too, if it means that you're going to be following Jesus. Because hey, I'm so you know, crazy and in love with Jesus right now. This is Paul talking. Even though about a year or two before that, he had been all crazy about getting rid of Christians because he was a Jew at that time, very passionate about being a Jew. Now, a year or two later, he's very passionate about the Christianity thing. Well, I'd be curious to know what Paul was talking about a couple of years after the uh, the whole Christian message. If, has he maybe moved on to a different religion? We just haven't heard about it. I don't know, because he seems to be religion hopping a lot. But whatever. Um, Paul is very famous, of course, in the Christian religion. And so the fact that he was in jail a lot, it's all because of his devotion. It's all because of you know how passionate he was and how much he cared about the Christian message and the gospel and sharing the gospel to the Jews and to the Gentiles. So Festus, this is Acts 26, verse 24, says, at this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. <laughs> this is Festus. And then Paul says, I'm not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I'm saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I'm convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. So the what's happening here is Paul is trying to land another convert, uh, King Agrippa. And he wants Kim, King Agrippa to say, you know, I'm interested in this Jesus character. Maybe I'll follow him too. So that's that's what's going on here. And Paul says, 
short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all you who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. <laughs> so, he prays that uh, they will all become, I guess, nomads supporting one religion after another. For a while, Judaism. For another while, Christianity. Uh, and not necessarily making a living, I don't think. Um, so that's what the song choices were about, I believe, when uh, the songs that we were playing today came up. So I just wanted to talk about what so, some of those were. One is called Glorious Day. Yes, it was a nice tune. I mean, I enjoy playing these songs. There's a lot of fun. And you have good, good music, good guitar player, and singer, and drummer. Uh, but something about the lyrics got me. It's like, I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. I'm like, man, so this is very depressing. Now, of course, the song is called Glorious Day, so of course the author of the song comes out of this terrible, terrible, terrible situation being buried beneath shame and all this weight, the tomb. I mean, it's like this person's basically dead, just like a, a zombie walking in uh, Walking Dead. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but people are sort of alive, but not really. They're just stumbling around, and they'll try to kill you if they get a chance. So they have to kill them first. Zombies, you know. That is the sick show, by the way. And it's so popular, too. It's weird. So basically, this song basically describes human beings, just you and me, any but any human basically is being buried beneath beneath shame. How can they how can we carry all this weight of shame? I'm in a tomb until I met Jesus. That's what it's about. Well, okay. Um I wanna interject a little something or other because I think that human beings are we have a lot of options and a lot of ways to live a positive, wonderful life. I mean, we have terrific options. Not, not everybody has a good life. Um, true. But I think if we listen to each other and depend on each other, other human beings, I'm not saying other Christians, I'm just saying human beings, because human beings can help each other. You can learn from other human beings. Uh, we've written, you know, millions of books. <laughs> some of them bad, some of them good, but whatever. We can learn from other human beings and their stories and how they've overcome difficulties and made life better. But something about the Christian mindset is that, no, 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 total shame. I'm so ashamed of being a human being. Because, you know, a human being has desires and, and appetites, right? So a human being is probably going to have some sexual appetite. It's probably going to have some hunger. So they're going to have to eat food. And probably wants to earn a living. 
and might want to be a little bit aggressive sometimes. I forget the word that I'm looking for right now, but it's not popping in my head. But the word is, you know, a person wants to improve their life, wants to learn a skill, wants to get better. They're going to make mistakes, right? They're going to fall, but they can get back up. And if we help each other out, we can prevent people from falling into drug addiction. Now, I can understand, you know, if you're falling into drug addiction and there's so many drugs that are like opioids and things like that that are ruining people's lives, well, we want to help each other out to avoid ruining your life through drugs because it's no longer you. It's you plus the drug. You're no longer you. So my advice is to become unhooked as soon as possible. Don't get hooked on anything. And and make friends who can help you. But don't, I don't agree that just by being a human being, we should be covered with shame. Just, I mean, these are natural human desires. Some sexual desires, some, um, I forget the word I'm looking for, but a person who wants to take pride in their life and wants to achieve and maybe have some pride. These are not things to be ashamed of. You know, and human beings are going to sometimes hurt other human beings. And hopefully we learn. We like, we think, okay, you know what? I shouldn't have really hurt that person. I think that was wrong. I apologize. Um, hope you can forgive me. And let's learn from the situation and move forward. But instead, no. The Christian mindset is, oh gosh, I'm buried beneath shame. Who could possibly carry this kind of weight? It's like totally, it totally is a walking dead mentality. It's like you've got, so it's like Paul. Paul has put himself in chains, in prison, arguing his case before Festus and Agrippa, basically on purpose. I mean, he doesn't have to be there making trouble in the government, in society, to the point that he has to be arrested. But no, he chooses to do this. So anyway, that was uh, one song I wanted to talk about. Another one came along. It's called Your Love Awakens Me, if I can find it. Well, here it is. A good song also. But, because, you know, Your Love Awakens Me, so obviously it's a positive song, right? Positive song. But let's take a look at verse 1. Um, there were walls between us. Um, by the cross you came. So this is setting up that, first of all, you have to believe that there is a God. Secondly, you have to believe that Jesus is this particular God. And then you have to believe that there were walls between you and this particular God who's called Jesus. And then it says, there were chains around us. By your grace, we are no longer bound, no longer bound by these chains. And so there we are again. Just like in the, the last song, 
And see what I'm saying about how they choose, we choose songs that will match up with the sermon. The sermon's got Paul in chains. All of a sudden, in these songs, everybody's in chains. they got this horrible weight of shame. Somebody's got to break these chains, man. So your love awakens me, says, there were chains around us. By your grace, we are no longer bound, no longer bound. So it's like, sounds to me like slavery. And, you know, that's the way Christians portray just being a human being, slaves to sin. So first of all, you have to invent the fact that there is something called sin. And then that you can't break out of it. You're going to keep sinning because, well, you're a human, human being and, and these things that have been forbidden by the Christian church, you're going to keep doing them because they're kind of natural things to do for human beings. Uh, and hopefully, you know, as a good person, you're going to learn to do good things with your life and, and not to do things that hurt others. So there was another song I wanted to mention, if I could find it. Death was arrested. Oh, I like that one. Death. Hmm. Oh, here it is. Death was arrested. Now this one. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin. Lost without hope. With no place to begin. Boy, that sounds terrible. That does. So this is basically the human situation according to Christians is you are, and if you're listening to me and you're not a Christian, you're a human being like me because we're both humans, right? You're alone in sorrow. You're dead. You're basically walking dead. You're lost with no hope. This, this is how Christians perceive you. There's walls between you and, and God. First of all, you have to believe there is a God, and then you have to believe there are walls between you and God. And et cetera, et cetera. And it all kind of goes back to Acts 26. And poor Paul, he just happened to be in prison, in chains. Man. And that kind of goes back to one chapter that I wrote about how Christians really know how to suffer because he doesn't have to be there suffering and in chains and, and stirring up trouble. He chooses to do it. He wants to do it because he thinks that everybody needs to hear his little story about how Jesus walked on water and stuff. And so when there was another uh, fortune teller who's got her own little stories, and, you know, magic, she does magic and fortune telling and stuff. Well, Paul comes along and is like, well, wait a minute. She's over here drawing a crowd. I'm the one that's supposed to be drawing a crowd. And so he, like, puts on a big show and says he's going to drive the devil out of her or the demon. <laughs> well, there's this show now on TV called Evil where um, they're actually trying to drive demons out. First of all, they have to go into a situation and and evaluate. Now, is this person just sick in the head? Are they mentally ill? Do they need treatment, medication? Or could it be explained by the fact that they are possessed by a demon? 
And so there's this guy, he's a priest, or he's studying to be a priest, and he he assesses the situation. And then there's this lady, she's a psychiatrist, and she's like, well, I don't believe in this stuff. It's all to be explained by psych- psychology, psychiatry, whatever. Well, this is an actual show on TV right now. <laughs> but I think that just like I don't believe in the Lord, quote, the Lord, unquote, I don't believe in the devil. These are creations uh, by humans to try to explain the unexplainable. Things when when humans do bad things, we have to figure out a way to explain it away. Why is that human doing a bad thing? Well, I think it's got to be the devil. Wow. So, you know, I don't like these lyrics. I don't like portraying human beings as just being lost and have, having to be ashamed of just being themselves. Human beings trapped behind behind walls, hopeless. And this is the way human beings are portrayed if they don't follow Jesus, you know, if they don't aren't a Christ follower. They're probably lost without any hope. They're full of shame. They just need to break out of this wall, this prison that they're in. And there you go. So I, since I, I've changed my beliefs over the last few years, as I'm, you may know, if you've followed this podcast at all, I don't believe that there is a Lord. And so all of these stories from the Bible, from Paul, from whomever, from 1,800 years ago, or however long ago it was, they are, I don't know, they don't apply to me. And they're just stories that human beings used to use a long, 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 long time ago to try to explain away things they couldn't understand about human life. Right? I think it has to do with God. I think that we're going to have a deity. We're going to call him, well, first of all, Jesus acted like a deity. I mean, he acted like a savior, whatever, and people bought into it. And as far as we know, because we we don't really know when the Bible was compiled, curated, who actually wrote it, uh, what year it was pieced together. What we, what we now have in our hands today was put together 80, 100, 200, 300 years later. And, and so, so many things could have changed while it was being pieced together. That's my opinion. Okay, so I had one more thing I wanted to talk about today, if I have any time. I think I do. I'm going to go, oh, I put together something recently. If I can pull it up here. And that is, I decided to go through all the chapters that I wrote for Oh the Humanity, which is this book that I have been writing. And I've got to figure out a way to publish it. But I thought, you know, I don't have a table of contents. It's kind of frustrating. 
no table of contents, man. And the way that I was using Scrivener, Scrivener is a writing tool, it didn't automatically include a table of contents. So let's see if I can find this now. No, let me go back to drafts. One moment, please. Okay, I know where to go. I'm going to find this, so please bear with me. Okay, found something. Yes, yes. Now, so what I did is I went through each chapter, and I just wrote down the page number and the title. And what I thought was cool is just going over all these titles, a lot of these articles, or I'll call them pieces or whatever you want to call them, I would just start writing in the morning. And sometimes I wrote only 500 words. Sometimes I wrote 2,000 words or 1,200 or something like that. And mostly I had a particular idea in mind and I just wrote until I didn't have any more energy and I stopped writing. So I'm going to go towards the middle. I'm going to start with page 100. 101 because I haven't really talked about these earlier chapters that much. I've talked about maybe the first 10 or 20, but I'm going to just mention these titles, and then let's see if you can figure out what they're about. This first one's obvious. Well, I'll go with the, starting with page 73. No, I'm going to go back. Page 60. Are you smarter than a, are you smarter than a, Fifth grader, I think there was a. Let me go to. Oh yes, now what page was that? Are you smarter than on page sixty? So now I go over to my PDF file, and that's the thing. I've got a PDF file now. And basically, it's my book right here in a PDF file. So it says, I heard a sermon recently discussing an atheist point of view, and how this person felt. He was much smarter than Christians. The pastor pointed out the brilliance of God's simple plan in contrast and how profound that was. And the Bible refers to Stoic philosophers who say that Christians are babbling, but concludes the Lord knows the reasonings of the wise that they are useless. Okay, so, so my chapter title is, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Because in Christianity, the smartest people in the room are the fifth graders. Because Jesus loves the little children. And he uses the children to shame the adults who don't really understand the wisdom, etc., etc. So, okay, so that comes along. Let's choose another title. Ah, here's one. He said, she said. That's on page 65. Turns out that Are You Smarter Than a chapter is not very long. But I kind of like the, the concept there. Page 65, he said, she said. I'll go right there. Oh, I see. Page 65. So then I can just pull it up in Adobe. Go right to page 65. So it's almost like having a table, table of contents. Christianity exists because of people talking with each other about a supernatural story 
and building a community around that talk. Hmm. By writing this, I'm not lining up well with the group. It's accepted that there is a God. We mostly all talk about him, and it's an understood and accepted normal. You want to be normal too, right? And thus, of course, there's a God. But it's a community issue. By exploring the concept of there not being a God, I have stepped out of line with the people I work with and play music with, with family too, by not accepting that there is, quote-unquote, the Lord, and doing so publicly. I am ostracizing myself voluntarily. Why not just stay quiet about, quiet about it? And I mostly have kept it quiet at this point. So that's what that book, that chapter is about. Next is, hmm, I like this one. Are you saved? Page 73. Are you saved? <laughs> that used to be a big deal when I first became a Christian is, are you saved? Are you born again? I heard a Christian friend say recently that he was in a car accident when he was younger. His friend was driving, showing off, and ran into a tree going 60 miles an hour. And he also mentioned that he wasn't saved at the time. So, if he had died in the accident, he would have gone to hell. He didn't actually mention the H word, the hell word, but it was implied if he had died, there's no telling where he would have gone. Not to heaven. And I heard a pastor's analogy involving a lifeboat recently. We're all safe in a good boat, but why wouldn't you do whatever is necessary to save people who are drowning in the ocean? Save them. See, that there you go again. With the terrible situation of human beings, they're lost, they're living in shame, they just, everything is so terrible for them. If only they could break through those walls, break the chains, and believe in Jesus who walked on water and changed water into wine. Now, I'm wondering, did he change water into wine after he had already walked on it? Because that would be kind of unclean, I think. You know, I wouldn't want to drink, drink that water. I mean, I appreciate you changing it into wine, but where did it start? What kind of water was it in the beginning? It was kind of, did they have water filtration back then? I don't think so. <laughs> All right, well, I don't, I'm running out of time. Gosh, I just talk and talk and talk, don't I? So other chapter titles are like, uh, I Believe, uh, The Honor and the Glory. Oh, here's one you can understand called Agnostic or Atheist. Agnostic or Atheist, page 93. Let me scroll down there real quick. This is cool. I got my table of contents now. I can just scroll around and find exactly where I need to go. <laughs> I like it. Now, a Facebook friend posed a question recently, wondering, would it be better to be an agnostic or an atheist? I mentioned that Pi argued that atheists would be better, since at least they made a decision, whereas the agnostic is sort of condemned to just wander. But one person posted a story saying, I asked an atheist once if he really truly believed that there was no God, and so therefore, there was no morality and no absolutely right, no absolute right or wrong or overarching purpose to life. I objected to that because, in my opinion, 
There's no therefore. Do we believe that aside from God, there is no morality? Well, clearly some people do. We're back to the total depravity of man. But aside from God, do we not have a responsibility as human beings to carve out a morality of our own? So that's a great topic right there. Agnostic or atheist? I'm out of time. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I enjoy this. I'm glad I got a chance. And I'm going to sign off. But I wanted to mention before, before I do that I would love it if you sponsored my podcast. You can visit anchor.fm slash richard-blaine, B-L-A-I-N-E, Richard Blaine. And just say, I want to sponsor this podcast. And I will be able to keep making these episodes, and I really enjoy it. And also, I've got a book coming out. It's called Oh, the Humanity. And as I compiled all these chapters, I mean, well, the problem is I had a page break after the end of each chapter, so it's not quite as long as it appears to be. But basically, my final chapter is on page 1202, right? And there's over 200 chapters for sure. The thing is, over 200 chapters, 1,200 pages. In real life, I think it's about 450 pages, but I put a page break after each chapter, so there you go. Hey, enjoyed it. Um, until next time, Richard Blaine, Oh, the Humanity. Thank you.